What's going on, Vast Church? Let's put our hands together. Hey, everybody, welcome to the official launch of Vast Church Amsterdam. We are so thankful for everybody that has come out today, and I just cannot believe what God has been doing uh, throughout the past few months, and today is a monumental day, and we just want to take a moment to thank Everybody that's put in the time, the effort, and the energy into making this thing happen, let's give them all a great, big round of applause. Come on, I know you can do better than that. Let's put our hands together. Guys, thank you for all that you've done to make this thing happen. And it's so good to have every single person that's here with us today as we launch a new church. We are starting a brand new series today. Uh, a four-part message series called I Am Vast. And I, I truly believe that this four-part series, it has the power to change your life forever. And I don't know how many of you are out there yet, and, 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 and but you're here at Vast Church, and you're like, I don't know if you know this, but but we love, we love this dude named Jesus. How many of you guys know uh, across this room uh, uh, who we're talking about, this Jesus dude? Not Jesus. You know, the guy that, that's down the road, you know, but, but Jesus, okay? So we believe here in Jesus. And I believe as we look at the Bible today, uh, uh, you can make an argument that not only should we have a personal relationship with Jesus, but, but, but maybe even more important, that, that we should uh, have a shared relationship with Jesus. And so over the next few weeks, I want to look at what God is calling us uh, to be about and what to stand for here as a local church. And I believe that, that God is going to inspire you. And it's so important that we start this church on one thing and one thing alone, and that's Jesus. And I've been praying very, very specifically for you this week that God would build your faith. And as God builds your faith, that he would build your our faith as a church and a people for more in this coming year. And as we begin this movement and we begin this church, and there's something that powerful that, that happens when we come together as a church. For example, if you pray alone, uh, you know that that can be very powerful. But when you pray with others, I'm telling you this. I'm telling you this today, guys, that, that there's something that happens when you join faithfully with others and you feel like you're really, really going to touch the heart of God. I, I know I'm feeling it already today as, as we start this message series and as we get together in this place today. I know that God is truly here among us today. And you, can, you, cannot, you cannot get this anyplace else. Can I get a good amen? Come on. Let me hear you. I'm not going to stand up here and just preach just so you guys can sit. No, no, no. I need you guys to interact with me. This is a conversation. So this morning, I might say amen. I might have you say something crazy like snickle fritz or something stupid. Just interact with me. Make it happen. Let's have a good time. Amen? Amen. All right. So so same with worship. You, you can worship in your car alone, okay? And some of you do. Uh, you worship like crazy in your car, right? Like, I know I just sing up, like, I'm singing in my car all the time. So, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And some of you do. You know, you worship like crazy. The reason why you do that is the same reason why you pick your boogers in your car, okay? 
think that your car is an invisible shield, right? Right? You think that nobody's watching. And isn't it isn't it crazy how for, for, for whatever reason you feel like you're safe to pick boogers in your car? And if you don't pick your boogers, I bet you any money you're lying. Turn to your neighbor and say, you pick your boogers. <laughs> so you're like, all right. You're sitting in their car. You're like, so they're like, I got one. I got one. I'm just going to dig it out right now. Jesus, take the wheel. Take it from my head. And I don't know. I don't know what you're singing, but whatever. Right? But it can be powerful when you're in your car. But there's something even more powerful, right? When we get together as a church. And we get together and we sing together as a church. And so I want to look over the next few weeks at what we call four value statements or vision statements for our church. And in fact, uh, if you walk through uh, our office space where this is actually being recorded right now, you'll see these signs on the wall that that say uh, some different things that we value or what we believe. And I want to look at four of those, one per week. And this week, okay, uh, we're going to be looking at at, uh, one that has to do with really uh, uh, building your faith, right? Building big faith. And, and li- like I said, I-, I pray that God would build your faith in our church and, and in your life. And quite honestly, I'm just going to tell you this for some of you, this message is going to stir you up so much to take a step of faith, okay, and, uh, that, that, that you've never, ever, ever thought that you would in the coming months or the coming year. And I pray that God would inspire you to take a step of faith and, and, and believe him for something uh, that, that could not happen without his presence and his power in your life. So let's dive into this. This is our first message series of I Am Vast statements and that we're going to study. So our first one that we're going to talk about today, our first one is on big faith, and it goes something like this. So, so what are you? We're going to say this together. Let's read it together. I am faith-filled, big-thinking, bet-the-farm risk-taker. I will never insult God with small thinking or safe living. Come on, let's say it together. I know you can do better than that. All right, some of you guys are I will never All right, don't do that. Let's say it together. I like to say, say it with your chest. Let's say it with our chest today, okay? Ready? I am a faith-filled, a big-thinking, bet-the-farm risk-taker. I will never insult God with small thinking or safe living, right? Come on. And and, and so, so we need to seek God for the impossible. We need to seek God for miracles. We need to dream that God would do exceedingly and abundantly more in our lives and through you and through our church for his glory that generations from now would know who he is. And what are we going to do? We are going to be faith-filled in all that we do. And if you're going to be a part of this church, we're not going to pray small prayers. We're not going to dream small dreams. We're not going to do small things. And if you this is your first time here today, you can look around this place. We are going to bet it all. And you better believe we have bet it all. And so I want to start off this message series by laying a quick foundation and looking at two very different stories about Jesus. And what, what, what's really interesting in these stories is, is that you're going to see that Jesus was amazed two different 
times, okay? He was amazed for two different reasons. In fact, uh, he was amazed at, at both and opposite ends of the spectrum, okay? So, so the first story that we're going to talk about today is when Jesus was in his hometown, and he was teaching, and some of the people were offended. I know a lot of offended people right now. I can definitely sympathize with Jesus because I don't know if you guys seen Facebook recently, but everybody up on Facebook is offended. Turn, on, turn to your neighbor and say, yo, Facebook's offended. Okay, we all know that. So, so he was amazed, okay, so he, that, 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 that some of these people were offended. And, and, and they were like, who does, who does Jesus think he is? He's the son of a carpenter. He shouldn't be saying these kind of things. And he was amazed uh, at something uh, in, in Mark's gospel. So if we open up our Bibles today to cha- chapter 6 in Mark, verses 5 through 6, and it says this, okay? So it says that Jesus could not do any miracles there except lay hands on a few sick people and heal them. And he was what? Let's, let's say this together. And he was what? He, he was he was amazed. He was amazed. Now, now what, was, what was he amazed at? Say it with me. He was amazed at their lack of faith. Jesus was amazed. He was blown away. He was shocked. He was stunned. And they didn't believe he had the power to do what he actually uh, uh, said he could do. And, and, he, and he, like, they didn't believe that he was who he said he was. And, 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 they, he, like, they were, and Jesus, right, at that time, he was amazed at their lack of faith. And so, so the second story we're going to look at today is in Luke's gospel. So there was a centurion, and, and the Jewish people would have surely hated this individual because of all the cruel things that the centurion in that time uh, were known for. And the centurion uh, had a sick servant that was dying. And so the centurion uh, set somebody to go uh, to Jesus and they, they were like, hey, Jesus, uh, come to this guy. And what, whenever uh, Jesus met up with the centurion, the centurion uh, simply said this. He said, you don't need to go to my house and pray for this servant. At your very word, I believe that my servant will be healed. At your very word, you just say it, and, my, and your servant will be healed, okay? So, so. At verse 9 through 7, we see this. When Jesus heard this, uh, he was like, what, Jesus? He, he was what? Everybody online in Amsterdam, come on, let's say this together. They say this. He says, he was amazed at him. And turning to the crowds following, he said, I tell you the truth. This is what Jesus said. I tell you the truth. I have not found such what? I have not found such faith uh, this great. And even Israel, right? This guy had the faith that Jesus could just speak and, the guy, and, and his servant would be healed. Two different times, okay, in the Bible. Two different times that Jesus was amazed. He was amazed at the lack of faith and he was amazed at the great faith. And so here's the question. As you launch into a new year, if Jesus looked at your faith level, uh, 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 those attempting, uh, those things that you're attempting for, for God's glory, those things that you're believing that he will do, would he be amazed at how big and audacious and how bold your faith is? Or would he be amazed at your lack of faith? 
Would he be amazed at your faith today, church? Or would he be amazed at the lack of faith? Think about it. This is, this is a great question uh, to wrestle with. Spend a little bit of time pondering this as you're in your heart as we go on today. Where is your faith level at? And so, in fact, I want you to do this. I just want, I want to kind, kind of, of help you to be, to be really honest. And, and so, so I'm going to ask you in a moment to, to rank your faith somewhere between 1, which would be like the lowest, and then 10, which would be the highest. And, and, and in order to be semi-accurate like as we do this, what I want you to do is, is simply think about uh, what the last week of your life looked like. Think about the, the heart position of, of your last week. And, and, and it's, easy, it's easy to remember, it's easy to think about the, what, what, what great faith steps did you end up taking uh, in, this, in this past week? Did you attempt something this week that, that was bold and, and daring? Like, like what if God, God didn't come through for you? There would be no way that you would have ever gotten out of that situation. Did you ever attempt anything like that? Or, 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 or if you're on the higher end of the spectrum, and, and if not, uh, you're going to be probably over on the lower uh, uh, end of that spectrum. But, but think about your prayer life. What, what this week, what did you pray for? Uh, imagine this. Imagine if God answered every single one of your prayers this past week? What if God said, said yes, and, and, and it was immediate, and, and he just said, okay, well, God, I'm going to pray for this, and immediately it happened. I, I, mean, I mean, you prayed it, and, and just like, poof, there he goes, right? You asked for it, and did, did God respond with, with a, a yep, 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 yes, 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 yes? What if God answered every single one of your prayers like that? And, and, and what would your faith look like? What would be different in your world? How would you act? How would you respond? How would you live your life if there actually was a God that did that stuff for you? And for some of you, uh, uh, you might be on the spectrum like an eight or a nine. You'd probably say, say a lot of people this week I saw, you know, I prayed for them. They were healed of cancer and disease. And, you know, I know somebody like that. And he probably doesn't like it, but but Matthew Holmes on our team, man, this guy, he will pray for you. He will do, uh, he'll do whatever because I know this guy's faith is big, bold, and daring, right? Right? And like, what if you might go and you might pray for somebody that's having a bad relationship, or you're praying for their marriage to be healed, and and, and really cool things would start to happen, and and things may have been a little bit different in your life because you were praying great big prayers. And then there's some of you out there, okay, that, that if you look back over your past week, uh, your food would have been blessed, right? You would have made it to, to grandma's house safely, which is always funny. God, give us traveling mercies today. You know any Christians that ever said that? Give us traveling mercies today. Help us get, get there safely, which 99% of the time we're, we're literally going to get there anyway. Oh, gods, surround our car with angels this morning. I'm not saying that is stupid, but I just think it's funny. Like, like we're going to pray for stuff like that, but we don't pray for things that are really, really big. And, and, and what else? Maybe you prayed for, for, uh, uh, for your, your, your five pimples uh, that you had to be gone, right? Or, or, or and, and, and maybe God answered that prayer. I don't know. That would be cool, but. But, but what would your faith look like if God had a simple yes every single time you prayed, okay? And for some people, right, there would be nothing different in the world at all because you didn't pray a single prayer, right? Even if God did answer all your prayers, it wouldn't be any different because you haven't even attempted to pray or believe for anything 
that is bold and daring for the kingdom and the glory of God? Would, would God be amazed at your great faith today? Or would God be blown away that you didn't even attempt to pray at all in the past week? As a church, I believe that God is calling us to be faith-filled, big-thinking, bet the farm risk takers and never ever insult God with small thinking or safe living. And so in order uh, uh, to inspire us to take bold faith steps, what I want to do is look at three faith-filled facts that will help build your faith and encourage you to follow God's direction for your life. And so the first one is, if you're taking notes, you better be taking notes because you retain 22% more information when you're taking notes. So if you don't, get out a piece of paper, get out your phone, get out your notes app. Let's take some notes in this place today because what that's what we're going to do at Vast Church. We're going to take some notes. I Cool. All right. So the first one is, write this one down. You cannot play it safe and please God. All right? You cannot play it safe and please God. God. This is a very, very, very important concept to understand. You cannot play it safe and please God. In fact, uh, the, offer, the author of uh, the book Hebrews, this is another book in the Bible, okay, the, in Hebrews, um, he, he said it like this. In Hebrews 11, verse 6, he said, and without faith, what does it say? It says, it is impossible to please God. Without faith, it is impossible to to please God. Right there. It's in the Bible. Okay? So I didn't make this up. It's in the Word of God. All right? That's what we believe in, the Bible here. Okay, cool. So, listen. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. In other words, if you can do everything within your own power and you never need the power of God in your life, you are living without faith. And without faith, it is impossible to please God. You cannot please God without living by faith. Can I get a good amen today, church? All right? So, so the challenge is this. I think that sometimes in our world, uh, 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 people are, are, are almost, uh, uh, they almost glorify like faith. Like they think, okay, if, if you've got great faith, then you're always going to have faith face, right? You're smiling. You're never going to have doubt, right? You're never going to have a bad day. Like, you're, 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 you're always going to be floating and on the eternal faith, right? It's like you, like, are popping a bunch of Xanax, and you're just, woohoo, yay, you little Xan. Yay, everything's great. No, 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 no. The reality is that faith is messy, right? It's not always constant. It's, in, it's not incredibly clean. There may be some moments, okay? There might be some moments where, where, where you feel like, God, God, you really spoke to me, and I know it, and you're like, ah, oh, ah, I'm not sure about that. But you know God spoke to you, but you're like, yeah, dude, I don't, I don't know about that. That was like whenever I was driving around Gloversville, and, and like God told me, hey, you're going to plant the church here, and I was like, whew, I don't, <laughs> I don't know about that. I don't know about that one, right? It, it, it's hard to follow sometimes. A, a, a God you don't see, and, and, and you take these steps, it can be very, very, very messy. And this is why it's called faith, because it's not proven that, that it's going to happen. And, and what we are sitting right now in this facility, in high rollers, okay, over in Amsterdam, okay, in this very room, 
This is a thing called faith. This whole church is built upon this principle of faith. And I don't ever want to stand in this pulpit and preach something that I'm not willing to to live out, right? right. My wife and a small group of people, and I believe that we could see God do miraculous and impossible things in a community, right, where so many people said it was going to be impossible, where so many people said that, no, you can't plant the church there. There's no way. Those people, those people are as good as gone, right? right? Like, like, no, we believe in this community. We believe in a God. And so, so a, a year and a half ago, God told us that we were supposed to plant a church in the capital region of New York. And like when God said to me, I was like, me? No, no way. I don't want to do that. Lord, that, that's way too big for me. There, there's no way that I could do that. I, I was scared out of my mind. I was so afraid. And, and, and I, I was driving Uber and I was working at a church at the time and God started to stir a, a burden for the capital region in my heart. And so I started to, I started to do some research about this community. And so there's nearly uh, 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 1.2 million people that live in the Albany metro area. And, and a study done by Barna Research in 2016 revealed that Albany, Schenectady, Troy, New York, and the, the whole region, okay, is the least Bible-minded area in the United States. Additionally, okay, so the capital region is number three most post-Christian areas. It's number eight most churchless areas and number 10 most unchurched areas in America. And so for reference, right, I grew up in uh, Springfield, Missouri, and and this is, this is where I came from, right? I came from the number two most Bible-minded believing city in America. And I can assure you, okay, this place is much different than, than where I grew up. I, everybody went to church somewhere in Springfield. Even the bad kids went to church somewhere. Even the bad kids went to youth group every single Wednesday, and their parents were probably on the leadership team, okay, right? We believe, okay, that, that we are supposed to, to do something here. And what you're sitting in is a miracle from the Lord. God wants us to plant not just one, not just two, not just three, right? God wants us to plant 10 vast locations within the capital region of New York in the next 10 years. And I sat there and I talked to Lisa with tears running down my face and I said, babe, I can't do this. God, I can't, I can't make this happen. Uh, this is way too big for me. Where are we going to get money from? Who, who's going to want to follow me? I've got, I've got a nose ring, I've got a, a beard and, and holes in my ears, right? Like, I just like to listen to hardcore music, and I like to party, and I like to do, do fun things. Party, I don't not mean like drink, but I just like to have a good time. Yeah, like, why would anybody want to wanna follow me? And so, so I really, really wrestled with this, and I just said, no, God, I don't want to do this. I want an easy life. You know what? We were most ready to move out of the, the northeast, right? I was ready to go move down south where we could get Chick-fil-A every single day, even though they just put it in the Albany airport. But we could get Chick-fil-A every single day. Like, we could go and we could just take an easy job, pay, like, nothing for rent. And, and you know what? We could just, you know, coast it. I could get an easy pastor job and just mail it in. But after wrestling with God and fighting and trying to get out of it, you know what I said? I said yes. It's been messy. Faith is messy. It's extremely messy. 
uh, uh, Lisa, Lisa, my wife, like we, we started looking around the capital region at all the cities and we asked God, what, what city do you want us to go to? And well, well, you can guess how, how that worked out, right? We're standing in it right now. I never in a million years thought we would be in Amsterdam of all places, but we are here. In doing this, this looked impossible. It was, I mean, it was impossible. And it was like we're jumping out, out of, uh, we're jumping into the Grand Canyon and we're just saying, okay, God, I'm trusting you for this plan to work out, Lord. Uh, God, we need you to, to come save us because we can't do this on our own. And, and, and that's the kind of faith, and that's literally what faith is like. It's like jumping into the Grand Canyon and being like, okay, God, we, you told us to go. We're going to do it. Are we going to trust you? I believe that you're calling me to do this, and here I go. Right? You can't play it safe and please God. We had no guarantees that any of this would work out. We had no money. We had no people. We had no support from local churches or people. It looked like every single thing was stacked up against us, but, but, but here we are. We had faith. Okay, one of the greatest examples in the Bible is this guy named Peter. He was one of uh, uh, Jesus's twelve disciples uh, that that it talks about in the Bible. And one of the stories uh, uh, here that, that that took place when all the disciples were in a boat, and Jesus, right? We've all heard about Jesus walking up on water, right? Come on, have you heard that story? Yeah, me too. So yeah, dude, listen, Jesus walked on water. He was like. Hey, anybody want to come out and see me? Looking at the disciples. And Peter, right, the crazy guy, immediately hops out and, and he gets out of the boat and he starts walking on water. If you know how the story ends, okay, all, any of y'all Christians out here sniffing this place out right now, all right, if you know how this story ends, uh, he took his eyes off Jesus, okay? He began to sink in that very moment on the water. Right? He was already walking on the water, but, but he began to sink the moment that he took his eyes off of Jesus. And everybody, I've heard pastors do this all the time. Everybody criticized Peter. Peter's a failure. He's a failure. Peter failed when he took his eyes off Jesus. Right? No. Uh, uh, listen, when he took his eyes off Jesus, right, they always preach this as if it's a failure. And so, so I think we can focus on something different here. At least he got out of the boat. Okay? There, there were 11 guys that didn't even get out of the boat. At least he got up and did something. At least he got up and he risked it all and walked on the water before he failed, okay? So often our fear of failure keeps us from taking steps of faith because people often think that failing is missing God. In my own life, I've, I've discovered that, that, that failing is often the first step of discovering God. I often feel like when I fail and when I risk it big and when I do something, there exposes who I am on the inside. It shows me God's heart. And I honestly, when I hit rock bottom, I feel the closest to the Lord. And, 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 and so many of us, that we spend so much time thinking what's going to happen if I get out of the boat, right? We, get, we have the paralysis of the analysis in this moment. And, and, and guess what? I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen when you get out of the boat. But all I know is you have to first step out, 
to find out what God wants to do. I don't know who this is going to speak to today, but I know that some of you, you're playing life safe. You cannot play it safe and please God. And I would argue, if you're not failing every so often, then you're not, then you're playing it way too safe. And without faith, it is impossible to please God. Would God be amazed at your great faith today? Or would he be amazed at your lack of faith? Okay? I don't know. That's what you got to ask yourself today. Principle one is simply this. You cannot play it safe and please God. In your notes, let's go on to number two. As long as you have a guarantee, you don't have faith. Number two. As long as you have a guarantee, you don't have faith, okay? Here in Hebrews, he said this, in Hebrews 11.1, 1, faith is the, the what? Somebody better say this with me. Faith is the confidence that we, what? The confidence that we hope for. Notice this. It's not like, 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 like what's, what's guaranteed, but what we hope for. We're still hoping I hope this is God. I still hope this is God. I drove up in this place today being like, I hope one person shows up. I don't know if they will. Even if one person shows up, we're going to keep doing this, Lord. But, but, but it, it's, it's faith is, is, I hope this is God. I hope this, is work, this works. It's the confidence that we hope for. for uh, will this hap- actually happen? Uh, uh, it gives us, it says this, it gives us the assurance of things that we cannot see. The problem for many of us is this is that we want a guarantee, like I want a guarantee. Is this God? Is this going to work? I need a guarantee. I need one, right? But that's not how this sucker works, right? But the reality is when when we're dealing with God, okay, there is sometimes a box that says maybe. God, I think think you're calling me to do this thing. Uh, I think you're calling me to do this, Lord. But I'm not sure, is it you? How do I know? How do I know, Lord? How do I know? Is it you? Listen, you can have faith or you have control, but you cannot have both. Come on, that's good. I don't know why y'all are being so quiet today. I'm going to say that again. Ready? You can have faith or you can have control, but you cannot have both. Sometimes you're just going to have to say, I think God's calling me to do this. I hope God's calling me to do this. I believe that God is calling me to do this. But, but she said maybe. The box is checked maybe, Lord. Ugh. You cannot have faith, right? You can have faith or you can have control. But you cannot have both. Some of you, you're going to have to let go of control today. You're going to have to take a step of faith today. The only thing that you can control in your life is letting go of control. That's it. The only thing you can do is let go of control. That's all that you can control. And I said, I said this uh, many times, and people think that I'm crazy, that, that listen, I want to see us plant 100 churches in the next 10 years. I believe that one day we are going to be a church of 100,000 people. We will see global impact and change around the world. Next year, I believe that we're going to be starting two new churches all in one year. I'm crazy enough to believe that that we are going to pay for those in 
cash. I believe that our God is a God who works through people, and I'm just crazy enough to believe that, 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 that God is real. I'm just crazy enough to believe this, that, that we're going to start one in, in, in Troy and Saratoga and Gloversville and Glens Falls and in Albany and beyond. And I believe that God wants to do greater things if we simply, listen, if we simply get out the boat and we believe him for more. Now, listen, listen. We've risked it all. We have an office space in Gloversville. We have, we have the church in High Rollers uh, here launching today. Come on, let's give God a big hallelujah for that one, right? Come on, let's put our hands together. God is building his church. And we trusted God before we saw all of this. And sometimes you just have to have faith to step out and say, God, I got to step out to find out. And I, I don't know who this is talking to today, but someone in this room is watching online today or, or watching uh, over in Amsterdam, and you're, you're, you're praying and you're thinking about, about God starting a business or some, someone's uh, out there starting, uh, wanting to start a ministry, or, or, and you want a guarantee in your life, okay? God, what are steps three and four and five going to look like? What are we going to do? Ah. I say it in a mocking voice, but that's, that's me. Lord. That's me sometimes. God, I don't know how we're going to do this. I don't know what we're going to do. I don't know where the people are going to come from. I have no idea. But God, I'm going to trust you in this moment, and I'm going to keep going. There are no guarantees when you are following God. The only guarantee is that God will provide, and he will prove himself faithful time and time again if you are praying and you are living into his will. You have to take some faith risks. You cannot simply play it safe and please God. You can have control or you can have faith, but you cannot have both. You hear me today? All right, let's take a breather because I'm preaching in today, all right? Woo! Number three, and this is what it is. If you're taking your notes, write it down. Come on, you better be taking notes because I said it like three times already. To step towards your destiny, you have to step away from your security. To step towards your destiny, you have to step away from your security. Somebody here, listen, you're going to have to let go. And here's the problem. You are living safe. I believe the moment that you feel safe, you lost. You lost. The moment you feel safe, you lost. To step towards your destiny, you have to step away from your security. But what's going to happen? How's it going to end up? If you knew all this, listen, it wouldn't be called faith, right? There's no guarantee. This is exactly in the Bible what Abraham did. And if you look back at the beginning of the Bible, it talks about this man named Abraham. And, and in one of, uh, it's one of the crazy, most faith-filled stories in the Old Testament of the Bible. And, and, and that's literally the, the, the first half. It's actually a reflection in the New Testament in verse 8 of Hebrews 11 that says, by what? By faith. By faith. Everybody say it out loud. By faith. Abraham, when, when, when called to go to a place where he would later receive his inheritance, he obeyed and went even though he did not know where he was going. Even though he didn't have a clue, he just let go, right, and took the first step. And when you take that step, you keep your eyes focused on Jesus, the one that gave you faith in the first place, and suddenly, by his power, now you're walking, you're not walking by sight anymore. 
You're actually walking by faith. And without faith, it is impossible to please God in a great way. Would God be amazed by your faith today? Or would he be amazed that even though you have access to his power, his throne room, right? That's if you're a follower of Jesus. And, And the place where you have access to where the place is, Holy Spirit dwells within you. The same spirit, right, that raised Christ from the dead. You have access to go before God and ask him. And listen, he hears you. He hears your prayers. He wants to provide for you and all of your needs. And you're sitting there playing it safe. Would God be amazed at your faith today? Or would he be amazed at your lack of faith? How will this play out in our lives? I believe it'll play out individually. It'll play out corporately. And I believe that God is going to speak to some of you. You're going to take a step of faith. And I believe that God is going to speak to us as a church. And we're going to take some faith steps here together. For you as a follower of Jesus, you may, you may take a faith step and share your faith with someone that, that doesn't know Christ. And maybe uh, it might be a family member or, or a boss or somebody that you work out with at the gym, okay? And, and you know they really need truth. Uh, you, they really need the truth that, that you know. But, but you're not sure what's going to happen. You're not, you're not too sure if they're even going to receive it, right? But you're going to have to have faith and take a step and step out the boat. And when you do, the box, it may say maybe. And they might respond positively. They might not. You don't know. But, but, but your faith will be built in that moment. And when you obey uh, what God puts on your heart, that is when your faith will begin to grow. And for some of you, you're going to step out and you're going to start a, a vast small group starting up. And, and in the back of your mind, you're saying, well, God, am I good enough? Can I start a group? Uh, I don't know enough. I'm not smart enough. How, how is this going to happen? I don't know what's going to happen. And several months later, you're going to sit back and you're going to say, wow, this is my favorite thing in my life. I, I can't believe that, that I did this because you simply stepped out. I can't believe that I'm pouring out into others. Like, uh, uh, what, what that, that we're, I can't believe that we're sharing our life around God's word together and we're growing spiritually together. And I'm just, I'm just so glad that I took this step of faith to start a vast small group. And some of you, right, you're going to want to serve in a, a, a vast kids. And you may, you may want to serve in, in youth ministry. And you say, well, I'm not cool enough to connect with them. Uh, I'm not. I'm not. And then, and then suddenly, guess what? You're leading in there. And some of you, God's going to call you to serve in vast kids. And you're going to go serve uh, with, with the two, in the two-year-old room. And you're going you're gonna to be going, going crazy with all these tiny little crazy crackheads, right? And, and it's going to take some great faith because, because they're, they're in there and they're everywhere. And then there's more of them. And then, and then there's more of them. And then you need God's help. But, but listen, God's going to use you if you just simply step out of the boat. And some of, some of you guys out there are going to make a commitment that that vast church is going to be my home church. And I will be here next week. And I'm going to attend next class. And I'm going to go be the change in this community that, that this community desperately needs. And I won't fall into the statistics of only attending church once a month. But I'm going to be here every single week. And I'm going to serve faithfully. And some of you, you're going to start a business. And I don't know what, what's going to happen. But you got to step out of the boat. Some of you, you feel called to, 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 to tell your story in a book. And you're wondering, will anybody actually read this thing? 
Well, I'm here to tell you, listen, honestly, who knows? There's no guarantee, but you have to step out to find out. And some of you, there, there's, there's, a, there's a ministry in sight or there's a church plant, that you want to plant a church in your heart or you want to do something that's been burning inside of you for so long and, and you just simply need to step out and have faith and, and that, 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 you know what, maybe there won't be an outcome that I want, but your faith is in the faithfulness of God and you're going to see him do incredible things. And suddenly, as you grow in your faith, and as we grow in our faith as a church, and all of a sudden, we start to see that we are the church. And when we gather together, our faith can touch God. And suddenly, as a church, our faith grows. And suddenly, we realize that we are now faith-filled, big-thinking, bet-the-farm risk-takers. So, church, we're not going to sit back. Listen to me. Listen to me. Listen to me. We are big-thinking. We Come on. You need to hear this, all right? We are big-thinking. Our God did not give us a small commission, but he gave us the great commission that everybody would know him, that the gospel would be preached around the world. I believe that God wants us individually and corporately to think big because big faith pleases the heart of God. And when God looks at you, I want him to be amazed at your faith. When God looks at our church, I want him to be amazed at our faith. Because I believe that with all my heart this next year, our God wants to do exceedingly and abundantly more than we could ever ask for, think, or imagine according to his power at work in the church so, so, so that he would be glorified for generations to come. So what are we? We are faith-filled, big-thinking, bet-the-farm risk-takers. We will never, ever insult God with small thinking or safe living. Let's bow our heads in this place today. Nobody looking around. Nobody nobody uh, moving. Nobody moving papers. This is a very special moment. Everything that we do comes into this moment right here. And we believe that God is going to do incredible things in this place. And so, Father, I pray that in your presence right now, that you would do a work in your church. And I thank you in advance for all the faith steps that are to come from this moment. God, I thank you for those that are wanting to start something today, that they're going to follow you, they're going to venture out, they're going to share their faith. God, I thank you, Lord. I thank you, God, that as we step out, that, God, we will find you. God, that we will find everything that you have for us, and that we'll be so full of faith, and that we will be ready to follow you. In our church today, Lord, as you're taking a moment to pray, I, 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 just, I just want to ask you guys here a question to start off. And, and you know what, don't respond yet, but, but, but think about this, okay? How many of you would love to have God be amazed at your big faith? It doesn't matter what it was like last week, but you want big faith. You want amazing faith. You want to live big, bold dreams. You want to live in such a way that, that you could unless, unless uh, uh, God did a, ma- a mighty work in your heart. And without the presence of God, this thing would not happen. You want to pray more. You want to pray big prayers. You want to see people healed uh, of cancer. You want to see marriages restored. You want to see people freed from sexual bondage. You want to see family members brought back together. You want to see the church overflowing. See people around the world that would go uh, to other countries and be a blessing uh, that, that, that... blessing people with things that we take for granted within our everyday life. And, and, and you want to be a big person of faith. And today, across our church, you'd say, yes, God, stretch my faith. I want you to be amazed at my great faith. I want to be a person of great faith. 
If that's you in this place today, put your hand in the air. Put your hand into the air. If this is if this is your prayer today, that you put your hand in the air in this moment. At all of our churches, hands held high all over this place. Let's pray together. God, thank you so much for a church of faith-filled people that want to honor you. I want to thank you in advance, God, that in their individual lives, that they are going to, to, to be something massive, that they're going to do something massive. They're going to take massive faith steps, launching out to follow your voice, to follow your will, to follow your direction, recognizing that you won't only show up uh, a step three or four or whatever, but until, God, you're only going to show us those things when we take steps of faith on one and two. God, I thank you, Lord. I thank you that there will be many people in this room that are going to take those faith steps. And God, as you grow our faith individually, as you grow our faith uh, uh, corporately, that, that, that we would be a church, God, that, that, that would have great faith, that, that we would recognize that, that, that you want to do more through your church and you want to reach them more than we could ever think or imagine. God, make us bold today as a church. Help us dream bigger dreams. God, help us to reach more people all over the world and, and, and with your word and through the free uh, the Bible app uh, online, God. God, and that, that, that I pray that you would, give, you would give provision to start churches all over the world that would lead people to become fully devoted followers of Jesus Christ. As you're praying today, and I know that many of you uh, are going to recognize this right now, that spiritually you're not in sync with God. Right now you look at your life and the weight of your sin is, is just so great and heavy upon you. You might be sitting here thinking about all the things that you have done wrong. And I want you to understand that the power of the gospel, we tend to think, like every other world religion, that if I did enough, good or 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 when 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 God would then God would might love me if I didn't do so many bad things then maybe God would love me but I want you to realize that Christianity is different Christianity isn't about what we do as much as it is about what we believe and where we put our faith listen faith matters in fact, because of what Jesus did for us, he died for our sins. And anybody, uh, uh, and, and, and nobody disputes that even Jesus lives, right? All historians agree that Jesus was a real person. He rose again and, and, and that there were literally first century followers of Jesus. And, and they were martyrs because they saw him after he died and they gave their life to him. And the life of Jesus is the most factually documented person in all of history. And there is more evidence for his life than any other individual that ever lived in history. And because of that, when we put our faith in the perfect works of Jesus, we are saved. We're not saved by, by good works. We're not saved by, by anything else except for God's good grace through faith and believing that what Jesus did was enough. And some people say, that's, that's way too good to be true, Pastor. And you know what? I say that's way too good not to be true. And that's why it's called the gospel. That's why it's called the good news. And that's why some of you out here today, and you know it, it's, it's time for you to say, yes, I believe. I trust my life is in God's hands. I ask Jesus to save me and to forgive me of my sins. And today I surrender by faith. At all of our churches, those of you who would say that, 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 that that's my prayer, that I'm ready, this is it, and I trust in him by faith, I'm going to give my life to him. If that's your prayer, lift up your hands high all across this place today, all over the place today, and say, I surrender. Come on, don't be shy. Let's make that decision right here today. Lift up your hands all across this room right now. 
Let's let's put our hand let's put our heads down and let's pray this prayer. Nobody prays alone. Everybody prays here. Let's pray this out loud together. Heavenly Father, forgive me. Repeat after me. Forgive me of all my sins. Make me brand new. Today, by faith, I give you my life. I believe that Jesus died for me so that I could live. Fill me with your spirit that I might know you and I might serve you and that I will follow you the rest of my life. My life is not my own. Today, I give it all to you. You have my life. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Come on, let's give a good round of applause for all those people that that made that decisions today. Man, let's worship loudly. Come on, let's, let's welcome those who were born into the God's family and they are new in Christ today. Come on, let's make some noise in this place today. Come on. Woo! If you want to, we're going to have one of our, uh, our, our church MCs walk out and close out the experience. Guys, this is a monumental day. I am so thankful for all of you. God bless.